Please be advised that this podcast is not a production of the City of Greater Bendigo. The views and ideas expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas of the City of Greater Bendigo Council or organisation. Greater Bendigo says yes to the voice to Parliament, the City's electoral boundaries recommended for change, and the plans are revealed for the changes to our curbside collection. Hello, my name is Matthew Evans, and welcome to my weekly podcast, In Our Local Community. Well, hello and welcome to episode five of my weekly podcast in our local community. My name is Matthew Evans. I'm an Epilogue Ward Councillor at the City of Greater Bendigo. And it's really great to have you taking the time to listen in or if you're watching the video podcast on YouTube. Uh, Of course, it's NAIDOC week and I want to do uh, an important acknowledgement of country as part of the NAIDOC week celebrations. Of course, this year, the theme is for our elders. So uh, in uh, the spirit for NAIDOC week and in celebrating our First Nations community, I'd like to acknowledge that the city of Greater Bendigo is on uh, Wurrung and Tungarung country. Uh, I repay my respects to their leaders and elders past, present and emerging uh, and future for they hold the memories, the tradition, the hopes of all Wurrung and Tungarung peoples. We express our gratitude for the sharing of the land uh, our sorrow for the personal, spiritual and cultural cultural costs of that sharing and our hope that we may walk forward together in harmony and in the spirit of healing. Of course, there's already been a number of NADOC Week events that have taken place so far, but of course, we'll get into that as we get into this episode more broadly. But of course, as always, if there's anything that you want me to talk about or if you have any, any questions for today's episode or from any other episode, feel free to get in touch. All my contact details are on my website, mattyevansmedia.com. And I'm also on social media. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, LinkedIn, and of course, YouTube. Now, as you know, this is the podcast where we talk about some of the things that have happened in our local community. I'll share with you some of the things that I've been up to, and we'll discuss some of the things that are happening in the local government sector more broadly, but also what's happening in Graydon Bendigo. And this episode is going to be quite full and we're going to have a lot to discuss. Uh, And we're going to unpack some of the decisions that we made at our most recent council meeting last Monday. Uh, Of course, the big one to come out of that was uh, the City of Greater Bendigo endorsing a yes position for the Voice to Parliament referendum due to be held sometime later this year. We'll also talk about the curbside collection plans and uh, the news that The organics collection will be expanded to rural properties, so we'll unpack that in greater detail. And there are three sort of uh, key strategies that have come out uh, that were adopted. So we're going to unpack all of those. We're going to dive deeper into the electoral structure review, which we mentioned off the top of the show, uh, the uh, independent panel recommending how the uh, boundaries of the city of Greater Bendigo, the wards, how they'll be structured. So we'll unpack that. And we'll share some news about an exciting uh, update regarding the Bendigo Airport Terminal upgrade. I know that many people that have spoken to me in the community have been keen to know what's happening with the Bendigo Airport. And there was some great news during the week. So we'll share that with you. 
We'll discuss some of the events that have happened, uh, including including the Nulderong exhibition at Dudley House, again, part of the NADOC week celebrations. Uh, Electric Wonderland, uh, I went along to that. That was really exciting. I said, uh, shared a few photos and uh, a reel uh, on my Instagram reels and also on TikTok as well. So that was really good. So yeah, plenty happening. This will be a very busy episode. And just so that you know, and you probably know this already, whether you're listening uh, from your favorite podcast platform or the rss.com feed, or even if you're watching the video podcast on YouTube, you can go to the specific chapters. So whilst I would love for you to tune in for the full episode, feel free to listen to the specific parts that really interest you or you might be particularly interested in. So without further ado, further ado, let's get stuck into this week's episode and we'll discuss the news and events of the week that's just been. So we're firstly going to discuss the electoral review that's been taking place into the City of Greater Bendigo's Uh, ward structure and municipal boundaries. So in the lead up to next year's council elections, an electoral representation advisory panel is conducting a review of the Greater Bendigo City Council's electoral structure. On Wednesday, the panel released a preliminary report, which is now available for public submissions. Submissions close at 5pm on Wednesday, the 19th of July. The key recommendations are that Greater Bendigo is set to have single member wards with nine councillors to be elected. The panel has currently put out three models on how the wards could be divided up across the municipality. The layouts and the names of the wards are also part of the review uh, and of which people can make submissions about. Um, I'm not going to make any personal comments at this particular point in time, um, but I'm sure that we'll consider a submission and I'm probably going to put in a submission myself to this. Um, But of course, all information is on the VEC website and I've included a link in the description that has all of the information. So this is going to be an important change. Uh, The Local Government Act basically says that we're going to be single member wards. So it was just a case of how it's going to be divided and what the names are going to be. Of course, as I've said previously, uh, publicly and privately, my preferred position is to keep things the way that they are, to have three wards, three councillors. There was a possibility that we could get more councillors based on population, but uh, basically that's not going to change. There's still going to be nine councillors. So yeah, so I'm a bit bit miffed by it. Um, Of course, this this act was created by uh, a previous minister who has a lot of uh, controversy around around them. But but I guess what's most important here is that this is going to be what the changes are it's a case of how do we want uh, our community to be represented so if you're someone who's thinking about running or if you're a community member who simply wants to know uh, how your your ward structure is going to be what what your ward is going to be what are some of the other suburbs or towns that are in your ward uh, and how it affects you I think it's really important that you should know that so as I said before, all the information I've included in the description, but it's on the VEC website. So make sure you check out that. And if you feel like you want to make a submission to that, submissions close 5pm on Wednesday, the 19th of July. Now, this is an event that's become synonymous with NADOC Week and as a key part of the NADOC Week celebrations, certainly here in Greater Bendigo, is the Nulderong Art Exhibition. So a showcase of First Nations artists from around Bendigo 
It is currently on display at Dudley House as part of NAIDOC Week. There's over 20 exhibitors. I think there's actually 25, I believe, um, who have taken part in this year's exhibition, including some new young artists who are displaying their works for the first time. And that's an incredible opportunity. And can I say the quality of artwork on uh, for this particular exhibition is quite amazing. I've taken a few photos. I know Councillor Sloan has shared some to her Facebook page as well. But of course, you can have a look at the photos on our social medias, or you can actually go check out the exhibition at Dudley House. Uh, it was created by Janet Bromley, who's uh, the arts officer at the City of Greater Bendigo, who also uh, create, uh, curates uh, a number of uh, spaces at the City of Greater Bendigo. But it's another wonderful uh, job that she's done to bring the talents of local artists based in Bendigo, but across the region, uh, to have their work on display as part of NAIDOC Week. So it's uh, it's open every day, except it's not, if you're watching this on Monday, the 3rd of July uh, today, the episode, um, it's closed for Dudley House, uh, at Dudley House, but it's open every day from 11am to 4pm until Sunday, the 8th of July. So make sure you check it out. It's at Dudley House and make sure you're supporting our wonderful local artists. Now, many of you will be excited to hear the latest news regarding the Bendigo Airport terminal upgrade and it's officially reached the halfway mark with operations now moving into the new terminal building. Uh, and we've had the celebrations of the first flight through the new facilities, which is, again, an important milestone. And I know a lot of people have been asking me, when's the when are we going to see more flights happen? Could we see more operators? Uh, time will tell with regards to those and whether we see more destinations coming online. But Right here, right now, this is a very important milestone. The, sig- the signaling or the, the symbol of moving to the new part of the terminal is certainly very exciting. So as per the media release that was from the City of Greater Bendigo, the new terminal delivers a departure lounge, cafe, provision for security screening, uh, restroom facilities, office space, and, and an equipment shed, which will be very important. The original terminal will now be demolished as part of the Stage 2 works, and a new larger building will be built in its place and will connect the two, both buildings will be connected to each other. Uh, stage two, those works include a new entry foyer, baggage check-in and baggage claim areas and more restroom facilities. So it's a really exciting project. This is certainly one I'm glad to see progressing along. I know many in the community are very keen to that. Uh, many have been utilizing the very popular serv- uh, Qantas service from uh, Bendigo to Sydney. I know that when we flew up to Canberra a couple of weeks ago, we certainly uh, used the, the facility and I was so impressed by it. And it was such such a comforting um, experience and it was such a smooth travel. So we really enjoyed that and it's great service. So we, But most importantly, in the meantime, we've celebrated an important milestone. It's met the halfway mark and uh, the expansion work continues to happen. So well done to the people that are working away at that and we can't wait to see the project fully complete. So we're now going to unpack some of the key decisions that we made at our most recent council meeting. Uh, I won't go through all of them. We had quite a lengthy agenda. We almost met for, for three hours and it was easily one of our longest council meetings. It was also one of our most well-attended council meetings uh, for, for obvious reasons. The, there was a clear reason why most of the people were there uh, and it was discussed uh, in the in the meeting. So, um, so really, really busy. But there's going to be 
Uh, there's going to be three uh, that came out of the... But there are three clear ones that uh, came out of the council meeting that I think are important and that I think that you should know about. Uh, but there are very positive uh, policies and strategies that the city has adopted. So the first one we're going to discuss is the new public arts policy, which was adopted by council. So uh, so this policy is very much in alignment with our council plan, Merwimple, for 2021 to 2020. And 25, as well as the existing Greater Creative Bendigo strategy. Uh, this is an important policy which provides direction and consistency regarding public art created by professional artists or in collaboration with community groups and emerging artists. Uh, the policy was developed with community input and includes the following principles sustainable public art, placemaking and activations, design excellence in public art express and represent the region's culture visually, strong governance for public art, uh, grow a creative economy, a big part of our local economy, fair and sustainable arts practices to upskill and train emerging and practicing artists and to create better opportunities for public art. So this is a very thorough uh, policy. Uh, the first thing that I think of when we think of these sorts of policies was uh, the work that the young artists did at the Williamson Street Bridge. It was one of the first events uh, in my first year as a councillor that we went along to, and I was really glad to see that. And the, a lot of people have provided very positive feedback about that particular space. And a lot of people love to see that sort of activation in our public areas. So what this policy does is not only does it support more of this public art and turning some of our sort of unloved, dull spaces, perhaps revitalizing it, even existing uh, existing places like Pennyweight uh, Walk, which is uh, near the, uh, the Bendigo Bank building. So activating all those spaces, but of course, supporting our local economy, uh, supporting local artists and doing it in a way that uh, gives a consistent approach across the board. So this is a wonderful policy. I'm really glad to see it adopted. Uh, I'm also a councillor that's on the Arts and Creative Industries Committee, which is part of the city. And I know the amount of work that has gone into it. A lot of people had provided submissions to this work, but it was led by Mandy Fields and of course, Felicity Martin when she was in that role. So a full credit to everybody who was involved in the development of that. And it is a really wonderful policy and hopefully it will lead to seeing some wonderful activations right across the Greater Bendigo community. Another important policy that we adopted at our council meeting was, of course, the Positive Aging Action Plan for 2023 to 2025. And this plan outlines the city's commitment to older adults across the Greater Bendigo community. Uh, this plan has several actions, activities and initiatives under five key priority areas, healthy and well, safe and secure, able to participate, connected to culture and the community and livable. And this action plan also helps the city to improve how it shares information and how it communicates with older people. So, for example, rather than just having everything on the web or on the internet or sending things out via email, making sure that, say, newsletters are printed in person so that uh, older people are able to read it or uh, disseminating information that basically understands. So what this is all brought about is making sure that we're communicating with older adults uh, older members of our community in a, in a respectful way, but in a way that uh, it makes it easier for them to access the information that they need. Um, but this plan also aims to celebrate older adults through various means, including annual events 
and the development of key new projects. Uh, of course, the Seniors Expo, which happens, I think, oh, later on this year, certainly early October is my understanding. I can fact check that for you. But uh, again, that's one initiative that's very much captured in the Positive Aging Action Plan. Uh, I know a number of members of the community have endorsed this plan, which is really positive. But again, this is our how we as a city are committed to supporting older members of our community. So again, another wonderful policy, another wonderful action plan that has been adopted by the city at our most recent council meeting. And finally, another big decision that we made at our council meeting, which is of always great interest. It's one of the three R's. Uh, of course, I'm talking rubbish. Well, I'm talking about rubbish. But of course, uh, at our most recent council meeting, we voted to extend the city's organic waste collection to all rural households in Greater Bendigo in line with the state government's changes to curbside collection and its recycling policies. This means that uh, an additional 5,500 rural households in Greater Bendigo who currently don't receive the organic service will now be included in the service from November uh, this year, 2023. More broadly, the changes to the frequency of other bins has been confirmed and we voted to make that change earlier this year. So from uh, Monday, the 5th of February, 2024, so make sure you're marking this date in your diaries, organic bins will be collected weekly. So that will go from fortnightly to weekly and general waste will be collected fortnightly. So the main change there, which has been a great topic for the community and of great interest to everybody. Uh, so just to confirm, Monday, the 5th of February, 2024, the organics bin collection will go from fortnightly to weekly and the general waste collection will go from weekly to fortnightly. So that's a big change that's going to be happening. Of course, a lot of time for people to get ready for the change and to understand all the changes and the implications there. And as our mayor, councillor Andrea Metcalf said, by making the switch to when general waste and organic bins are collected, the city's aim is to reduce the amount of general waste being collected and to stop about 7,000 tonnes of organic material and 4,500 tonnes of recyclable material per year from going to landfill. So it's important to note that there's going to be some further changes uh, and more information announced regarding the collections of textiles, uh, glass, as well as the highly anticipated uh, container deposit scheme across Victoria, which I know many in the community are keen to know more about, and hopefully we see more announcements there. But uh, I've provided uh, some information on not just the changes to the organics collection in rural households, but all the information is on the city's website. So if you go to the description of this podcast, you will see more information there. So make sure you check that out. A big, big topic that everyone's been interested in. I know this has generated a lot of discussion, uh, but it's important to note that uh, there is a key goal for, for what all these changes are. We're trying to reduce the amount of waste that's going into landfill. And um, and it's actually interesting to know what you can actually put in the respective bins and it under or it basically demonstrates the changes and uh, the changes in the frequency there. So our clear goal is to, to reduce the amount of rubbish that's going into landfill course noting that Eagle Hawk landfill is due to close so that's really important but uh, but also that we're going to give people the time to be able to adjust to this significant change so uh, make sure that you have that key date the the 5th of Feb 2024 in your calendars in the back of your minds as to when the the changes are made so more information on the city's uh, website is available uh, there 
So the last item we're going to talk about from the most recent council meeting is, of course, the one that made a lot of headlines, a lot of news, and that was the City of Greater Bendigo formally endorsing a yes position for the Voice to Parliament referendum, which is due to be held later on this year. Uh, as part of that decision that we made, uh, the city has committed to sharing neutral and unbiased information and essentially does not obligate individual councillors to that position, allowing them to pursue their views publicly or privately. So many of you will know that I voted against this particular motion in its uh, the form that it was presented. Um, but before we crack into this discussion, I just want to emphasize that I do accept the decision that we made, and I ultimately respect and completely respect the decision-making process of council. So, yeah, so there was a reason why I voted no to the motion. Um, That's not to say that I'm going to be voting no at the upcoming referendum. I actually don't know how I'm going to vote. And at this particular time, I have not decided how I will be voting in the referendum uh, on the voice to parliament. I've got some more research to do, some questions that I need to settle in my own mind, uh, but also there's some other things that I need to evaluate uh, in my own conscience and in determining what I think on the matter. But there was um, there was two main reasons why I voted against the particular motion. Um, so none of it was actually about the voice itself or the broader debate. I was not really keen to talk about uh, the, the function or how it will advise government or what it will advise government on, that's more for the debate to unfold. Uh, but more my uh, the reason why I voted no was actually about the motion itself. So the first point, uh, the first reason that I gave, and you can go back to the council website and you can look at my speech in full and, and what I said. So the first point that I made was, um, it just seems to me that it's a clear contradiction to take a position on something and but also commit to providing neutral and unbiased information and look i think that the city does have a role in disseminating important information especially when we need to empower people to vote but to me i'll put it this way it seems a bit like an umpire in a sporting match seeming to officiate a match impartially but wearing the the colors of one of the teams it to me it doesn't make sense uh and I just thought there was a clear contradiction there. Um, it's all fine to take a position. I don't begrudge organisations taking positions, uh, but when you're also committing to disseminating neutral and unbiased information, which is what we've committed to, um, it just seems a little con- contradictory. Well, the words I used at the council meeting was, it simply does not pass the common sense test. But that said, look, I, I have faith in the city to be able to stamp out any sort of misinformation and it will do everything in accordance with the referendum process. So I don't have any doubts about that, but uh, I also have these concerns about uh, the fact that if you're taking a position on something and you're any sort of bias uh, creates doubt and people are already sceptical of where they get their information, uh, who's delivering that information. I mean, we make these sorts of criticisms about certain media organisations and how they disseminate, uh, you know, whether it's the classic or ABC bias or uh, Murdoch media. You hear that constantly, and people are cynical of that. Um, but people are already cynical as it is. So that was the main point. The first point is that I think it's a clear contradiction. And the second point that I made is that it makes a, a division, uh, whether that's more overt or if it's more subtle. 
So for councillors, this motion, what it covers, it, it allows individual councillors to be able to pursue their their vote or their to how they campaign on this issue uh, publicly or privately. Um, so for each individual individual councillor, that's fine. And from the most recent council, it's pretty um, council meeting. It's very clear how certain councillors where they stand on the matter, but how they might go about campaigning on this matter. But as soon as someone someone else is not saying this is going to be me, um, but it, in, as a matter of principle, anyone that decides to take a contrary view uh, is already at odds by by the very nature. When council has endorsed one position and you go the other way, you're you're automatically at odds. But really, this is not about um, this is really not about councillors per se. Although we are leaders in the community, we have public profiles. Uh, it's also really about what the organisation of the city is able to do. But also, uh, people in the community who feel bound by the decisions uh, that we make. And I think there's going to be there's already some tensions that are, that I've I've had people come to me saying talking about these conversations, whether it's within the organisation or even in other organisations, public and private uh, institutions right across our community and abroad, where there's all these sort of cooler room conversations that are happening, sort of speculating as to, oh, that person's voting yes and such and such is voting no, or how do you reckon that person's going to vote? Surely they're going to vote yes, surely they're going to vote no. And I, I just think that is really, really problematic. Um and one of the points that I made in the council meeting was that there's a, a diversity of views, particularly amongst First Nations people. Uh, and I don't really subscribe to most of these arguments. Again, I don't want to present arguments because I'm not really into sort of putting that that viewpoint forward at this particular point. But, uh, you know, people that subscribe to things like the Black Sovereign Movement or particular concerns around the constitutional makeup and things like that, there are people that hold that view within the organisation, certainly within the city of Greater Bendigo, but uh, this motion doesn't really allow them to pursue their views publicly or privately, uh, and there's this pressure. And so uh, I, don't, I don't think there's any malice in how people are going about it, but uh, it creates this unease, and I, I just don't think it's healthy for... But that's just my personal opinion. Again, people have uh, expressed their concerns to me, so it's not like I'm speaking out of turn in that regard. And again, of course, I completely respect the decision that we make. So if you go back to what I said at the council meeting on Monday night, I do acknowledge the points that were put forward by my fellow councillors. They all spoke quite well to the matter. Um, so I accept their arguments and why we should take a position. So ultimately, what I'm about is that I don't think that we should have taken a position but ultimately, I do respect that we have taken a position uh, and I do respect council's position and the decision-making process. But what's most important from this point on, it's a bit, all of this is now in the past now. What's most important now is that people are empowered to participate in the upcoming referendum. And I know that a lot of people will, right up to the, the minute when this uh, referendum is held and the vote and people have to cast their vote, um, I really do encourage people to take the time to really understand what the proposal is all about, the positives of of it, uh, the negatives, the, the key arguments that the yes and the no campaigns are making. Really take the time to have a look at all of that. Uh, if, if you have an opportunity to reach out to a member of the First Nations community, absolutely do so. Do everything that you need to do to empower yourself to make the right decision. The decision... Uh, maybe not the right decision, but a decision that 
well, based on what you think, based on the information that's available to you, uh, and a matter of your conscience, because what this is all about, and again, why I don't think organizations should take positions on these sorts of things, is because we this comes down to an individual vote. Every eligible Australian who is eligible to vote will be voting on this matter. And I and we need to empower the individual to be able to vote based on what they think and what they think is right. So that's the most important thing. Making sure you you take the time to invest in finding out more about this, the pros and cons of uh, both arguments, both the yes and the no side. But also I take this opportunity just to emphasize that we need to engage in respectful debate. I'm already concerned with how some in certain aspects, both the no and the yes campaign, how they're conducting themselves and some of the language that's been used. There are good people who are advocating and prosecuting this debate incredibly well. I encourage everyone that's going to be active in this campaign to engage in respectful debate and to do so in a mild and considered manner. This is a very, very significant referendum. It's so significant for our nation and it is a pivotal moment. We can talk about how this is the most significant change to our constitution. It, it easily is, but also what it might do in the long term. We've really got to be careful of of how we approach this. I've got concerns about how it's being dealt with already. But the most important thing, above all, is that people need to empower themselves to access the information, to get all the information available to them so that they can make a fully informed decision on how they're going to vote and that everyone that's participating in this debate does so in a respectful, in a respectful and caring and a decent sort of way because we do not want this to descend into chaos. So make sure that you're taking the time to really think about this issue in greater detail because it's really, really, really important for the nation. So as you've heard, there's been quite a lot happening and it's been a big episode so far. So we're going to preview some of the things that are going to happen uh, during the week and we'll give you a bit of a preview into next week's episode. So as we mentioned, uh, it's NADOC week, so there's a, a wide range of activities happening in the community. There's been a number of events so far. Uh, we've got the Nalderong exhibition. Uh, Badak had their flag raising ceremony and awards uh, plus the NADOC ball last Friday, and it was really good to go along to those events. But of course, today, if you're watching the podcast today on Monday, the 3rd of July, we have the flag raising ceremony in the library gardens. So a big event. I'm anticipating a lot of people will be there for that. But of course, there's a number of events being run by the NADOC committee. So a huge shout out to them for the work that they've done for our local celebrations for NADOC week. I believe there's a Children's Day out at Badak. Uh, there's also a comedy night, which will be very exciting. So make sure you engage with that if you are so inclined. Uh, I'm looking forward to catching up with the youth counsellors. We've got our quarterly catch up with them and I'm looking forward to hearing how they're progressing with the youth action plan, but also some of the other measures and initiatives and activities that they've been part of. I know that some of them have been down at uh, Spring Street for Youth Parliament, which has been pretty big. So I hope to find out more about how they went there. But um, of course, next week's edition of the podcast, we'll talk about all the things that have happened in the week that's just been. Uh, I'll I'll talk about a little bit the, about this uh, in the next week's episode, but stay tuned for a little personal announcement. But if you're keen to know more about that uh, in the meantime, 
keep an eye out on my LinkedIn page. There's going to be an announcement there. So plenty to look forward to during this week. So it is time to wrap up this week's episode. And yeah, it's been a big episode, lots to unpack, lots to discuss. But before we do, I'd love to hear what you thought on some of the things that we discussed today or any of the other matters that are happening in our local community. You might want to tell me what's happening and I can give it a shout out here on the podcast. But uh, if there's anything that you would like uh, to raise or discuss or any ideas or concerns you may have, uh, feel free to get in touch. All my contact details are on my website, mattyevansmedia.com. Of course, feel free to get in touch via social media. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Twitter, and of course, LinkedIn. Uh, Tune into next week's episode, which will be available on Monday, the 10th of July. All episodes of the podcast, including this one, are available on my website, on my YouTube channel, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. That's all we have time for today. Thank you for listening in or for watching this edition of In Our Local Community. Have a great week. If you're on school holidays, continue to enjoy yourselves and take care. In the meantime, stay classy, great Bendigo, and see you in our local community.